courage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage <laughs> Good morning! How y'all doing? How y'all? It's good to be here. I'm from uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's hot here. Holy cow. Our ovens in Green Bay don't get as hot. This is nuts. Anyway, good to be here. Um, we're going to be here next month uh, doing a marriage conference called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. I uh, want to encourage you to come. It's open to married people and single people as well. If you're single, if you're so much as considering marriage, you really ought to come and get this. Uh, it's going to be a very fun event, and uh, it's a very man-friendly event for all you men out there. All right? This is not one of these events that beats up on men for not being women. And, yeah. And you girls egg this on. All you got to do is ask a woman to describe her ideal man. Listen to her. She will describe another woman. Someone who's sensitive and touch with their feelings, likes to go shopping, la, 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 la. She just described her favorite girlfriend. Men make terrible girlfriends. We can, however, make great men. I believe God made us the way we are on purpose. Come on, man, give me a hoo -ah. That's a man's amen right there. All right, I do not believe men are broken, sick, disgusting, insensitive perverts. I just think we're men. <laughs> you like this conference, guys. You don't have to take any notes. There won't be any emotional breakout sessions where you have to share your feelings with somebody. I call it the perfect seminar for men because you don't have to do anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you want to come check that out. Uh, this morning, as part of the series here on marriage, I want to take a little bit of a different twist to it. I want to talk to the single people. How many of y'all are single? Yeah. If you're that happy, stay single. All right. <laughs> now, the first thing to say to you single people, it's okay to be single. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have a disease. All right? It's fine. Uh, but if you'd like to not be single and considering marriage at some point, then this is for you. Uh, I want to read to you from Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 2. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the early Christians. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And make no mistake, the world is desperately trying to get you to think like them. They don't care if you believe in Jesus. They don't care if you go to church. They want you to think as long as you think like them and have the same value systems and behave in the same way. That's what they want. And, and Paul says to Christians, look, be careful. Don't get caught up in that. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. 
He says instead we're supposed to be transformed. How? How do you get transformed? He says by the renewing of your mind. In other words, we have to change the way that we think. And when it comes to this area of marriage today and, and why even in the Christian community we, we're struggling with this is because we suffer from what I call stinking thinking. We think very badly. And everybody can go, yeah, 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 yeah. Until I start describing your thinking, then you're going to get mad at me. Okay? Now make no mistake, we all love the way we think. We think the way we think is brilliant. Because we love us. I'm fabulous, you know. It's everybody else that's messed up. No, the truth is we all suffer from this stinking thinking because we think in, in, a, in a way that's really so anti-biblical. And I want to hit on some of those this morning. Now, the reason I'm so motivated to speak to singles is because I do these marriage conferences and I get emails from people all over the world that have been saying, Pastor Mark, we've been married for 12 months and we're in hell. Pastor Mark, we've been married for six months and we're in hell. Married for four months and we're in hell. I think, really? It should take you years to get to hell. <laughs> How are you getting to hell so fast? If you do everything wrong, it should take you a long time to get to hell. These people are on a breakneck speed getting to hell. And it's just dawning on me, clearly anybody who gets married is in hell in a year or less. You are getting into this thing very badly. And sure enough, people are suffering from stinking thinking. Now, one of the reasons churches don't like to talk about these things or some other subjects is because so many people have done it wrong already. And we're so adverse to making people feel bad. And I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but you still need to tell people the truth. Undoubtedly, lots of people sitting here have done this wrong at some point. Okay, I get it. Move on. But we can't be afraid to tell the truth to others for fear of making someone else who messed up feel bad. Okay? We can't be so grace-motivated we never tell the truth. Are you hearing me? And grace and truth do not cancel each other out. The Bible says Jesus was full of grace and truth. They can work together. It seems confusing, but it's not. For example, should you kill people? No. Will God forgive you if you kill people? Yes. Then I can kill people. No! <laughs> but you said, I know, but that doesn't give you a green light to do it. All right? So, anyway. All right. All you singles that are contemplating marriage, let me give you some advice. When it comes to finding the right mate for life, it's less about divine revelation and more about using your brain. We have so many people today, they sound so spiritual. I'm so spiritual. I'm just waiting for God to tell me. God to tell me. I'm just waiting for the Lord to tell me. Really? You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to seek after wisdom, desire wisdom. In fact, it says only a fool despises wisdom. But I would argue that many Christians today have become very foolish because we don't want wisdom, we want a miracle. We don't want wisdom. We want God to tell us what to do. We don't want to think. We don't want to read the Bible. We don't want to actually get advice. We want Jesus to do something supernatural. And it sounds spiritual, but it's just a spiritual version of foolishness. We need to use our brains. We need to seek after wisdom. We need to look at the scriptures and learn what the scriptures have to say. And I mean, you have to actually read the Bible. You know, I'm not trying to beat up on you, but you need to read it. 
having the Bible in your house does you no good. You actually have to read the thing. And I'm convinced a lot of people don't read the Bible. They read about the Bible. They read books about the Bible, but they don't actually read the Bible because it's too hard for them or whatever. But you got you to gotta see what's really there. Now, d dating is about discovering character. You want some, because character will last a lifetime. Marriage is something that's supposed to do for life. You need someone who has the right kind of character you can do life with. Look for character. All right, sexy has a shelf life. <laughs> All right, it's, it does. <laughs> you know, used by September 23rd of 19, you know what, yeah. We expire at some point. Cute expires. I know the first thing you think is the cute, but that's not going to last all that long. You need to think character. Someone I can do life with. Okay? When you're dating someone, look at how they act. Don't get caught up in the cute. Look at how they act. And more importantly, look at how they react. Because anybody can act. That's why they call it acting. Reacting, that's hard to fake. Because when the heat is on and the pressure's on and everything's going wrong and then you see what somebody's like. <laughs> that's a revealer right there. If you don't remember anything that I'm saying this morning, remember this. You date the act. You marry the react. Okay? I know some of you girls, you see him act bad. He's like, oh, pastor, that's not normally him. Hello. <laughs> that's exactly him. You get around somebody, they're reacting badly. Man, get away from them. They're crazy. Look at everything in their life. Look at their family. What is the family like? Do you hate the family? Good. If you can't stand the family, move on. I've had up to here with you married people. Said it right now. One of your biggest arguments is to argue over the family. I can't stand her mother. I can't stand his father. Rawr! You couldn't tell us before you married into this crazy deal? Seriously, if you go over and you meet the family and it's the Adams family, move on! Unless you're happy with marrying into crazy. My wife was. You know, that's okay. What were you thinking? Stop it. You married into it? Shut up. Look at their faith. How strong is their commitment to God? Oh, he believes in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. He does. How's that working for him? Well, she believes in God. I mean, come on, guys. You gotta be smarter than that. Do they really have faith? The kind of faith that affects their character. And you single guys, I'm not trying to just rain on your parade. The reason you need this is because life is hard. I would love to tell you if you believe in Jesus, nothing bad ever happens. But it's not true. Life has got all kinds of trials and challenges. But trials and challenges are opportunities for miracles. See, everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to need a miracle.
Because when we need America, we get mad. <laughs> you know, we read the Bible and we read about the great miracles. Oh, yeah, but look what happened first. Daniel in the lion's den, yeah, but yeah, you got to get thrown in the den first. <laughs> Lazarus raised from the dead. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, but you got to be dead first. <laughs> so we don't like that part. We just like the good part. Life has got challenges. You want someone you can do life together with. What are you going to do, you girls who aren't taking this seriously? You're dating some guy he's not really serious about his faith. Doctor comes to you, tells you you got breast cancer. You're going to turn to him, he's just going to look at you. Oh, I don't know what to do. Too bad. <laughs> you guys, you lose your job you thought you were going to have forever. You look at some lady and goes, oh, I told you not to take that dumb job. Come on, you want someone who's going to have some faith with you, pray with you, trust God with you. Do life together. Life is hard. Has anyone noticed this beside me? It's hard. Things don't always go the way you hope. Look for their character. As for divine revelation, here's what the Bible says. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Everybody say find. Find. He who finds a wife. When the talk, Bible talks about finding, it talks about finding a wife, getting a wife, taking a wife. One reference to buying a wife. I can't do that today. But I mean, but no place, no place. Does it say about God bringing you a wife? See, you listen to people of faith today, single people in particular. And you ask them about their status. Well, I'm just waiting for the Lord to bring me a husband. I'm waiting for the Lord to bring me a wife. What are you, Moses? For crying out loud. <laughs> you want to get married, you either have to find a wife or you got to get found. I don't want to do that. I want to trust Jesus. Well, that's why you're single. <laughs> don't awe me. Oh, no, Pastor, I, I want a divine encounter like Ruth and Boaz. Have you read Ruth and Boaz? The whole thing was rigged by the mother-in-law. See, you don't read the Bible. You read about the Bible. Some of you remember Naomi. She says, okay, this is what you got to do. He's really cute. Okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to get all dolled up, and we're going to make you smell real nice, okay? And then he's going to eat too much. He's going to fall down and sleep. And when he does, you sleep at his feet. And when he wakes up, he'll find you. And sure enough, she lays down, and Boaz is laying down, and, and she's at his feet, and, and he's, and, and all of a sudden, he wakes up and goes, what are you doing here? She goes, oh, I don't know. must be the Lord. How did I get here? It must be a miracle. Woo! And then Boaz marries the girl. See, Boaz found Ruth, but Ruth made sure she was found. Oh, yeah! I don't know what people expect. I got this email from this lady the other day. She, she says, Pastor, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want a husband, but there are no men where I live. Then move! What? You got to write me about this? And then people think I'm smart. That's a brilliant answer. Seriously, there's no men where... Then move! Good grief. I don't know what people are thinking. 
things. We've over-romanticized this. I'm just waiting for the Lord to do it. I'm waiting for my soulmate. <laughs> okay, this will make some of you mad. But just get in line, okay? There is no such thing as a soulmate. Look, I know you see it in the movies, but it's not true. Now, I like those movies. I also like Star Wars, but I, I don't really think there's a Darth Vader anywhere. Okay? I know it's a movie. Well, I just know. Do you know how many chick flicks are? She's about to marry the wrong idiot. When all of a sudden the right idiot runs through the door at the last second. And she goes, oh, what was I thinking? She runs, I mean, come on. People scared to death to get married. What if, what if it's the wrong one? <laughs> there is no place in the Bible that ever talks about soulmates. In fact, there's no biblical example of God telling anybody to marry anyone. We say we're Christians. We say we believe in the Bible. Yet we act and think totally opposite of the Bible. We suffer from stinking thinking. Oh, it sounds so spiritual. But it's not biblical. You find me anywhere where God told anybody to marry anybody, I'll give you $1,000. Now, with these couple of exceptions. <laughs> but even these hold up. The closest you can get is when an angel spoke to Joseph and told him to take Mary as his wife. But he'd already picked her. He was just freaked out because she was pregnant. <laughs> Nobody was buying the angel told me story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the next closest is when God told Hosea the prophet to marry a prostitute. Now, if you're considering marrying a prostitute this morning, uh, you really should get a word from God before doing so. <laughs> but even then, he didn't tell him what prostitute. He just said, go pick one. Pick a hoe, any hoe. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> the only time God brought anybody to anyone was literally in the Garden of Eden. But I don't think that applies here. Besides, if you're walking around naked in a garden, you have other issues. <laughs> Why is there no talk of soulmates? Because the key to a successful marriage is not about finding the right person. You want to find the best you can, as I said. But it's not finding the right person. It's about doing the right things. If you will do the right things, you will succeed. If you don't, you will fail. It's just that simple. I don't care who you pick. You got to do the right thing. The reason the Bible never talks about it, because the writers of the Bible knew that the principles of Christianity, these life-changing principles that have changed and transformed countless millions of people's lives over the centuries, these principles are so powerful. We're talking about the principles of love, patience, kindness, forgiveness, long-suffering, which, by the way, means suffering for a long time. These principles are so powerful, so life-changing, so energizing, the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been preached throughout the centuries. 
These principles are so powerful, you could stick any two people in the world together who live by these principles, and they would succeed. You see, it's not about a soulmate. It's about the principles. It's not about you. It's about him. And the moon doesn't really follow you when you drive at night. It just looks that way. I know I'm freaking some of you out. Really, the moon? I thought it was mine. Listen to me. <laughs> Especially you women. Do you really think that there's one man out there that will meet all the needs of your heart and soul? Yes, pastor. Stop smoking that stuff. <laughs> there is not a man on the face of the earth designed to meet all the emotional needs of a woman. And if you're married and trying to do that to your husband, stop it. God grief, you stick a straw in his brain and... Say, so, well, what do I do? Get a life. Get some friends. Get some girlfriends. Go away. <laughs> you try to get all of that from one guy. You're going to be one miserable woman. <laughs> and listen to me. If there really was one perfect person on this earth, that would meet all the needs of your heart and soul. Trust me when I say that God would use all of his divine power to keep that person as far away from you as possible. Why? Because he's supposed to meet all the needs of our heart and soul. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. He's not about to create someone who can meet all the needs so you don't need God. Here's an important point. Marriage was never designed to make you happy. And all the married people said, Amen. <laughs> Listen to me. If you are a lonely, miserable, empty soul, for the love of heaven, stay single. Because a lonely, empty, miserable soul that marries another lonely, empty, miserable soul just makes a marriage of two lonely, empty, miserable souls. You're supposed to be happy in the first place. Right? We're supposed to be people of God. He's supposed to be our source of joy. University put out this study. Universities study the stupidest things on earth. I don't know where they get the money for this stuff, but they did this study. They wanted to study the effect of smiles. So they took graduation yearbooks and they rated the smiles and they took the 10% of the best smiles and they went through these yearbooks and picked out these best smiles. Then, as part of their study, they went now later in life and interviewed all these people who had the best smiles. And overwhelmingly, they were incredibly successful and happy in life.
And as a side note, it was literally, I think, just one sentence. It wasn't about this, but it caught my attention. It said, you know, it was interesting. Now, remember, these weren't Christians, per se. They're just high school yearbooks. In their side note, they said they found it interesting that of these people who had the best smiles in the yearbook, not a single one had experienced a divorce. Stop and think about that. I mean, we live in a world that 50% of everybody winds up in divorce. But yet this group of people, not a one had, now that had to be some kind of an aberration freak out. I'm surely there must be some who'd have nice smiles who end up in divorce, but that's a powerful statement. They had no idea why that would be. I'll tell you why. They were happy in the first place. When you think you need someone else to make you happy, you become a victim all your life. We need to learn to be happy in the first place. You need to teach your children to be happy in the first place. Don't be always giving them something every five seconds to keep them. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Shut up. I'm bored. We don't allow that. We never allowed that word in the house. You need to be content, man. Learn to be happy. You don't need something else always to make you happy. Here's a big one. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. When it comes to love and marriage and all the romantic chick flicks and everything, it's all about, I, just you've got to follow your heart. It's all about the heart. You've got to be honest with how you feel. Only in the area of marriage are we so incomprehensibly stupid. Because for the last 40 years in this country, we have listened to morons with PhDs. Not that all people, people with PhDs are morons, but these guys were morons. These are the idiots who have told us for the last 40 years that the most important thing in a marriage relationship is you have to be honest with how you feel. You just have to be honest with how you feel. So they've encouraged millions of people. A lot of you sitting here, you do this nonsense. So you emotionally vomit all over each other. I just want to be honest with how I feel. And you wonder why the divorce rate is climbing through the ceiling. It's because of stupid advice like that. Listen, your mama was right. If you don't have something good to say, don't say it. Some of the nicest people in the world sitting here right now in church, you're smiling sweet till you get home and the door is closed. <laughs> I just got to be honest with how I feel. <laughs> of all the stupid things in life. I've been married for almost 40 years. People say, how have you been married for 40 years? It's because my wife and I are not honest with how we feel. Goodness God. Those that are honest with that, they're the ones who wind up in divorce. Look, I'm sure there's mornings my wife wakes up and looks at me and feels she's been blessed by God. I'm sure there's days she looks at me and is convinced she married the spawn from hell. I'd rather not know that. A simple good morning would suffice. Men, you guys, as guys do this worse than the women. You know you should keep your mouth shut, but you don't keep your mouth shut. So, well, I just got to be asked how I feel. Then you wonder why she can't stand you. Now, look, there's times when you have to deal with issues. I get it. But this blank check of encouragement to just emotionally vomit all over that, it has to stop. Stop that nonsense. 
Only in marriage are we so stupid. No other area of life would you even begin to think this way. Can you imagine people tomorrow morning deciding to go to work based on how they feel? <laughs> Calling up their boss and saying, listen, boss, listen, I'd, I'd love to come to work today. I really would. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> and I, I think I have to be honest with how I feel. And quite frankly, I, I feel you're an idiot. <laughs> You'd get fired. Can you imagine soldiers on the front line in Afghanistan? The sergeant yells, charge! One of the soldiers goes, oh, listen, guys, look, I'd love to charge. Really, I would. I'm, I'm pro-charging. I really am. And, and I've been practicing charging with you guys for a long time now. But uh, I don't think it would be fair to you if I charged at this time because I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. They'd shoot him in the head. Listen, nobody who succeeds greatly in life uses the filter of feelings. The people who do are the ones who tend not to succeed in life. Starts in school. Who feels like studying? I don't feel like studying. Yeah, how does that work out for you? Those who don't ask that question, just do it. The musicians who are up here. Playing great and stuff. Oh, don't you think, wouldn't you love to play like these guys? Wouldn't you love it? Everybody, oh, man, I wish I could play the guitar like that. No, you don't. Because to do that, you have to go like this for hours on end. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel like it. See, they never ask those questions. I'll tell you, it's a real big lesson to teach your kids. Only by how you feel. And you single people, man, don't listen to your, listen to others. When you're dating someone, there's so much emotion going. You need someone else really to help play veto power in your life. You know, find somebody. Ideally, if you're young, it would be your parents. But if they're dysfunctional, crazy, psycho people, I speak from personal experience, then uh, you need to find someone else, a pastor, friend, youth leader, somebody where you can go to and say, what do you think? Listen to me. If all your friends and family are telling you this is a bad person for you, listen to them. Oh, I, got, I can't help but how I feel. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> and here's the biggie. This is the biggie. For those of you who are dating, and I'm not just talking about the young ones. I'm talking about all y'all single ones. Don't get physical with these people because sex will make you stupid. It will. It will make you dumb as a brick. Now, in a way, it's supposed to. You see, sex is the Novocaine that makes marriage possible. Oh, yeah. Numb me up, Jesus. Hallelujah. I need another shot, baby. I'm feeling some pain here. Sex is supposed to keep you a little numbed up. It's how you last life together. But when you do it before marriage, it'll just make you stupid. And if we could hear the stories this morning of the people, oh, I was in that horrible relationship. I don't know what I was thinking. I was with that one person. I don't know what. I was with that girl. She was psycho. I don't know what I was thinking. I was with this man. It was just a horrible thing. Everybody's got their big stories. When you hear that story, all you guys, ask them one question. 
Were you having sex with a dude before you married him? 99% of the time, the answer will be, yep. Yeah. You see, sweetheart, that's why you did something so stupid. And if you keep repeating the same pattern, you'll keep doing stupid over and over and over again. Sex is a powerful thing. Look, I'm a big fan. I'm not criticizing. I like sex. Oh, yeah. But do it right. You do it wrong, it will mess you up. And listen to me, you single guys. If you don't learn to say no to your sex drive now, you won't be able to say no later. A lot of, have you seen in the news, you know, you got the Tiger Wood kind of character? Has everything, loses everything. Why? He never learned to say no before. Just because you get a ring on your finger doesn't change that. You single people say, even if you've said yes in the past, stop it. You need to learn to say no. If you don't learn to say no to your sex drive now, then when after you're married, you won't be able to say no again. Some of you guys looking at porn and everything, well, yeah, it'll change once I get married. It doesn't change. Some of you girls think, wow, that's no big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Because now when he's neglecting you and some other cuter guy comes along and starts paying attention to you, all of a sudden you're doing something with him you shouldn't. You say, I don't know how it happened. It, it never intended. I never intended for I'll tell you why. Because you never learned to say no in the first place. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, loses his family now because he couldn't say no. Anthony Weiner, congressman, loses everything because he's taking pictures of his wiener. <laughs> Can you say that in Phoenix? I don't know you. Losing everything. I mean, these people are destroying their lives right in front of us. And these are just ones we get, get, get caught. This is happening at a level that's off the charts, all through your families, all through your neighborhoods, all through your churches. For one reason, they never learned to say no. Come on, you guys. You want to have great sex? Get married, have great sex. But, and don't do this well. Is it really sex? Well, no, why not what we're doing? It's not really sex. What are you, Bill Clinton? If it involves this general area, it's sex. Stop it. <laughs> I can't tell you what I really think because I'm new here, so I'll have to wait. <laughs> Let me end with this. Jesus gave a parable. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it will die, it will give forth new life. There are millions of people, even millions of Christians, who if you ask them, even in their marriages, they feel completely and totally alone. It's dark. It's cold. They can't see the sun. They can't move. What's wrong? What, Pastor, what's wrong? What's wrong? Just, you're not dead. Die already. 
You know how often Jesus talked about dying to yourself? It's impossible. If you actually read the New Testament, it's impossible to read the Gospels and not come away with the idea that God wants to kill you. Not the physical you, but the selfish part of you. And there is no more perfect institution designed to kill you than marriage. Because you cannot do it and stay selfish. And mind, marriages end for one reason and one reason only. Somebody gets selfish. It's time that we let go and let God. Let go. Let new life come out. Say, Lord, help me die to myself. Look, nobody gets everything they want. You come to my conference in a month, you're not going to get everything. Nobody gets everything they want. I think you get a lot better, but you're going to get everything. It's not about you getting everything. We need to learn to live for something bigger than ourselves. God wants us to die to ourselves. Do you know why? Because dead people are very easy to get along with. They are. They're very patient. You can ignore them. They never get mad. You can stick them with a stick. They don't hit you back. They're dead. We need to learn. Let go and let God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us. You care about us. Even those of us who've made lots of mistakes in this area. There's always hope with you. But Lord, help us to start doing life right. Help us to teach life. Help us not to get over-romanticized and over-spiritualized and come up with a whole new version of the Bible. Help us get back to the basics. Help us to be wise. Help us to use our heads. Help us to seek after wisdom. Look for Christian character that is so important. And for those of us in our marriages, Lord, we're struggling. It's because maybe we lack in the character department. Help us to grow. Help us to let go. Help us to let God. Help us to start living the kind of lives that other people around us will look and say, Man, I want to be like you guys. Because then we'll have the ultimate opportunity to share your love with them. Help us to let go and to let God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you.